Hello, and welcome to Just Figure It Out, a podcast to inspire and encourage our listeners to pursue their goals. This will be done by sharing stories and experiences from guests about how they made definite goals, how they failed and succeeded, but never gave up. In essence, how they just figured it out. My name is Jen McAllister, the host, also the owner of Rise CPA and Accountants. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Bryce Miller, the CEO of Bolsteroo. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Bolsteroo is? You bet. Uh, and thanks for having me today. So Bolsteroo is an AI company that generates an entire social media post, images, text overlay, captions, hashtags, and everything for your business so that you can spend more time working with your clients and working in your specialty instead of learning how to be a social media manager. Oh, that's fantastic. Social media truly does take a lot of time and some people absolutely love it. And then other people like me, it just is distracting. So I love having help with that. So that's fantastic. I'm, I'm super excited to learn more. Um, Let's jump right into conversation. Let's learn a little bit more about you and your background. You know, off this call, we we started a, a little bit of, you know, back in the day when you were younger. And I think it's so fascinating really to, to really go back in time with any guest because childhood really does start to define who we are. Uh, and by that, I don't mean, you know, our childhood determines who we are, but it's interesting to see how it either bolsters us, uh, bolster roof. <laughs> it either bolsters us or it gives us an opportunity to do better because we come from difficult circumstances sometimes. So tell us about your childhood and how your circumstances help shape who you are today. Absolutely. So Jen, I, I grew up in Southern California, but not in the pretty part. It was the part that was less expensive to live in. And I, I, I'm the 10th child out of 14 kids, so uh, there, was, uh, there was a lot of group parenting, we'll call it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, older siblings and everyone taking care of each other, and it was a wonderful time. It's a wonderful family, and I, I couldn't be uh, more appreciative of that. One of the most important things I got from my childhood was watching my parents and uh, their work ethic and their drive to do more and be better each day. So that's, that's really where I got my, I think my sense of, we'll call it professional self. And so fast forward a little bit, I, uh, I show up here to Utah 17 years ago and I don't know anyone. I'm starting college out here and I, uh, I've got, I've got nothing. I don't, I don't even know what the culture is like, you know? Yeah. And can I cut you off and ask you a question? Yeah. At this point in time, and especially, you know, given your circumstances, did you aspire to more or did you feel like, well, this is, you know, just kind of follow in my parents' footsteps and just work hard and bring home a paycheck? Or was it the opposite where you're like, I don't want this. I want so much more. Where, where, where was your brain at that point in time? Good question. I think, I think my brain at that time was really focused on putting in the hours. I ended up going to college full time and working at one point, two jobs while I was in college. And I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. and, and I met my beautiful wife, Christina, and she told me I needed to slow down. And so I did a lot of growth, personal growth and learning and, and figuring out that there's a balance to life. And so I, I learned to slow down a little bit. To some degree, I've been trying to learn, been trying to learn that my whole life since then. 
I think the, the big challenge for me was I was cutting out sleep so that I could get everything done. And that hurts you long-term. Right. And, and so where was my brain at that time? I was focused on putting in the hours. Cause I don't think I could think of anything else at that time. Right. Yeah. Cause I was, I was sort of a, like a zombie. So I'm going to school and I'm working, I'm working in it. I'm interested in, in technology. So I start computer science and then I realize uh, there's a whole lot of math involved with that. So maybe I want to do something else. So I would turn to business because I think business is exciting and interesting. And then I realized how much accounting was involved in that. <laughs> and, and then I said, you know what? I'm done jumping around. What's the fastest way out of here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turns out that's more in the lines of product management because uh, you take and you understand technology. I, I, I built software programs, right? Um, but then you also learn how to manage people and, and work in a professional environment in, in the business side of things. So it was a really good mixture of those two. And when I graduated, I, uh, I got a job at a larger company doing technically it's called low level technical support, meaning you're, you're going in and you're editing databases and you're dealing with the technology itself and actually participating in adjusting it. And so I did that and the marketing department found me and said, oh, we need someone technical in the marketing team. And so I joined them, but I learned how content marketing works and uh, fell in love with it. But while I was there, this is really an important step. While I was there, I, so I get hired there. I got my first big boy job out of college. <laughs> One of my siblings or friends or someone said, uh, hey, you know, I'm telling them about this new job and they're like, sweet, like, is your, do you get 401k? Like, does your, does your company contribute to 401k? And I said, I don't know, I better go check. And they said, good, because if they do, that's free money. Like, make sure you're contributing so that they can put money into that with you and you get extra money from that. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so I go to HR and I'm like, hey, do we have a 401k program? And they said, uh, you're welcome to contribute to 401k, but we don't match anything. I said, that's weird. Like people are saying that's something that everyone does. Why aren't you doing it? I will never forget this answer. The head of HR said, the owner of the company believes that there's better ways of investing your money. Ouch. Because he's basically saying not investing in the employees, the biggest asset that the whole company has. So A, that, B, this is a million dollar per, this is someone who has millions of dollars. They're already set and they have other options that are better to invest their money in, in terms of, in terms of dollars and cents, I can get a better return if I invest in this thing and get 10% versus this thing at 7%, right? Like mm -hmm. that's what they're, they're thinking. Right. And I remember thinking, well, this guy's must be smart. He's got a lot of money. Like he's done something right. So maybe there's something to that. And again, this goes back to like a growth mentality. I could sit there and be like, oh, my, my employer is terrible, right? But, I, but instead I took it as how do I turn this into something I can use? Mm -hmm. And I realized that investing in 401k is, by the way, very good. And I do it. So I'm not dissing 401ks, mm -hmm. but that's putting money into other people's businesses. Mm -hmm. What if I invested in myself? Maybe, maybe I'm the answer. So instead of investing in 401ks for a long time, I was investing in me. I was saving up my money so I could have enough to build my own company someday. 
Yeah, I love that. And really it's been a, a mind shift change of mine recently, you know, recently as in the last year or so with 401k where, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with putting your money there, but you have to ask yourself why. I mean, it's just, it's just what you do, right? You know, everybody says, get a real job, go to college, get a real job, um, contribute to your 401k. And okay. 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 But then when you have your mind open to something else, exactly what you said, you know, it, invest in yourself. And for my, for me, it's let me take that money and let me decide how I want to invest it instead of letting some 20 year old who doesn't even invest in the same fund say, Oh, put all your money here. And so, yeah, I mean, and my, my whole point here is just don't always just do something because everybody else says to do it. You've got to question things. You've got to ask why. So anyways, continue. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I like what you said there because, and, and I, and I'd like to provide an addendum to that do what everyone says until you're ready to start thinking for yourself. Mm, I love that. Right. Like, yes. like there's, there's a, there is a common like success that the whole of humanity achieves because of that. Right. But, but it, it only takes you so far. Yeah. I'm going to add to that because if you wait until you are quote unquote ready and smart enough, then you're not going to do it. So, you know, yeah, do yeah. contribute to your 401k until you are ready to, until to learn you realize more. you want to do can... something more. Yeah. Yes. I love it. But yeah, just start. you got to just start. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Cause like I, when I was, when I was a zombie working through college and, and, and those jobs, I wasn't ready to think about what to do with a 401k. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, I was just paying the bills today and getting those bills so that we could survive. And then there, and then there's, you, ha you have these moments in life where you have an opportunity to make choices. Right. And I didn't personally, I think it was mostly the lack of sleep. I didn't have a lot of choices that I was making. I was just doing whatever the next step was needed. Right. Without mm -hmm. looking to the future. So you get these moments where these pivot points where you have an opportunity to make a choice. So that day I chose, I'm going to invest in me. And so I started saving up and, and I started making the company a lot of money and I started doing uh, some exciting things. And I realized that even with all that money that I was making them, it wasn't getting me very far ahead. All that passion and, and energy I was putting into it, I was still only slowly getting towards my goal. And I thought there's got to be a faster way. So after several years working there, I worked at, I started working at another company and my primary goal this time was twofold. One, I need to make more money, obviously. And two, I need to be around people that are like-minded mm -hmm. because I don't know people out here in Utah. Uh, you know, I was just a transplant and just doing my thing. <clears throat> and so I needed to get to know people and I needed to find people that, that, were passionate about business like I was. So I joined another company and was doing great things for them. And I met a lot of like-minded people. It was a smaller company, uh, which is interesting. It's interesting that, that the shift to a smaller company, suddenly I found all these good people that, that cared about business the way I did and not just clocking in and out. And so I worked there for a number of years and then 
I actually ended up moving on and started a business with, uh, uh, there was two co-founders and I was their first partner. This one was uh, a, a tech startup. They didn't have tech experience, so they needed someone who could who could help them understand and manage the technical teams. So they hired me and I worked with their technical technical teams for a couple of years, uh, ran a team of, it was like 14 people. And after that, I decided I was going to do my own thing and work on my own business now. And one of the other partners in that company was like, hey, I'll buy you out. I said, sure. So they bought me out. <laughs> so my savings <laughs> took a nice a nice bump uh, from that. And one of my, my co old coworkers from that last job reached out to me and said, hey, I want to build something. This is what I want to build. This is uh, this is, you know, the, the whole concept and plan behind it. And I listened to his story and, and what he had done so far, he had done a little bit of testing when he worked at another company and discovered, and, and based on my years of trying to build and start companies on the side, I listened to the things he said and I said, okay, it won't fail because of this. It won't fail because of that. It won't fail because, okay. So we actually have a great idea here. Let's do it. Uh, and I mean, I started, but I should, I should back up for a moment and mention when I got my first full-time job out of college, I felt like I wasn't doing enough again because I wasn't doing college and work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I immediately started trying to build software businesses. So anyway, so, so I've had years and years of like trying different things <clears throat> And, and they never really took off too well. Uh, I remember one, one did okay, um, but, but my co-founders uh, loved their full-time jobs because it paid them well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I'm not faulting them, but it was definitely one of those things where it, the pain wasn't worth the, the unsecured benefit, mm -hmm. right? So we killed that one. Anyway, so went through a lot of businesses and uh, failed lots of times. And this time around, a lot of those red flags from the other ones weren't there. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And, uh, and we started going. We started out with sending text message, messages or emails of ideas on what to post about to small business owners. And we quickly learned that there were three major problems with, with uh, social media posting for businesses. So the first problem we discovered was, so the idea, which we had already locked down early, people need help with coming up with ideas on what to post about. And then we quickly learned that they also needed help building the posts, then scheduling and managing posts. So a lot of, uh, a lot of companies, you'll notice uh, when someone says, oh, we, you know, our company does X. Oh yeah, lots of companies do X. And the reason why that happens or why there's lots of companies that do X is because there's because a lot of companies will go out there and say, let's do it just like they are doing it, right? And there's nothing wrong with this. It's it's a it's a tried and true business practice to come up with a business that can succeed eventually or mm -hmm. succeed to a certain degree. But when you when you come from product development like I do, you learn there's a better way, and that way is solving individual problems. Notice I talked about the problems we're solving, not the features and products we built. Mm. And you run into this all the time, right? Oh, we want this feature. This feature is so cool. It's going to be amazing. We're going to build this feature. And, and that's better than nothing, right? If you don't know where to start, 
go ahead and start with building features, but educate yourself because if you can build to solve specific problems, then your product gains legs. And instead of you having to evangelize for the rest of your life until you, until you retire to get people to sign up for your product, you can, you can give it legs by making the product so good that people talk about it. So I love that. I just, I mean, that's just huge. I'm, I, I'm thinking about that on so many levels. So, wow. Yeah, I really, truly didn't, I, I would be the one to think about the features. You know, we can do this and we can do that, but really identifying the problem, that's brilliant. So. Yeah, there was a, I can't remember what book it was. I I read books. That's, that's how I've learned these things, right? Uh-huh. Um, if there's something you're not understanding or wish you knew, understood better, there's a, so many books on it and there's, and they're all worth it. Right. And that, so, so I read a book where I talked to, I think it was, they did a case study, like a McDonald's shake cake case study. I think it was. And um, I'm probably going to butcher this story, but <clears throat> it went something to the effect of there was a hypothesis. They said, Oh, um, people buy McDonald's shakes to quiet their kids at dinner so that they can have a moment's peace, you know? And when they looked at the, the, the stats for when shakes were purchased, it was happening more so in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they said, what, why, right? So, uh, and by the way, any good chart or stat or graph should generate more questions than answers. That's another key takeaway I got from one of my mentors, uh, Kurt Porat. So they looked at their numbers and they said, they're happening in the morning, why? And they discover that, people are using shakes to solve a problem. The problem was boredom on their drive to work. Hmm. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Who would have thought? Exactly. Because they looked at the data and, and dove in and figured out the problem, they were able to tweak their product and, and how they served it to, to solve that problem instead of doubling down on a, on an assumption Mm-hmm. thereby alienating the majority of their purchasers. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. So, so I've had some different thoughts throughout the things that you've said. One of them is it, it's interesting again, you know, the way that we grow up, we hold on to the things that we that we value and that we appreciate and like you said, you really saw that in your parents, hard work, hard work. So you took the positive things that you knew, which was hard work. And you did that as long as it served you or as long as until until your wife pointed it out. And I think that's so important as we go through our, our journey in life to, you know, where we're aspiring to do better. And when I say better, it doesn't mean money, but it means, you know, you're managing your time better. And, you know, one thought that came to mind was, as you're talking about working so hard is the term, to, to work smarter, not harder. And I think that as you've grown and become wiser, that you're implementing that, that same thing. I mean, I'm making some assumptions, but I feel like you're, you're definitely working smarter rather than harder. And so, you know, to our listeners, what are some of the things, I mean, like, you know, you, you started many business, you businesses, you said, and they wouldn't work for different reasons. And I, and I do have to mention one thing. You don't lack the confidence. We, we, each of us, we have different reasons why we're not succeeding at the things that we're, we're seeking after. Um, 
and and just was, was speaking with you, you've, you've got a lot of confidence, uh, but you do have a lot of experiences that you could share that you have been sharing with our audience, but get a little more specific in, you know, what did you learn from these? I don't want to say failed businesses um, from the, you know, the businesses that didn't serve you well, they weren't as successful as you had hoped. What did you learn from each of those that our listeners might say, oh, okay, I won't try to spread myself thin or, you know, different things like that. I would love to hear a little bit more about those, those lessons. Yeah, you bet. So an overarching lesson that fits uh, almost all my failures is uh, dedication. I was able to dedicate an hour or two a night to, to these, my little startups that I tried to put together. And if you think of a market like a wave, we like to think of uh, companies like Facebook and Twitter or these others as, as like constants, but they're not. They ride a, a market for as long as that wave will go, and then they have to adjust or die. They have to adjust and hop on the next wave or, or disappear. And so now, if you think of it like that and you think about surfing, and you're trying to catch the, the next wave. How do you do that with one or two hours a night? When you're out there on a surfboard, if you're not paddling with everything you've got to get up onto that wave, you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna hit it and you're not gonna ride the wave in. And, and, so, and so that's been a big lesson for me is there's a wave and if you want to hit that wave, you have to put everything you have into it. So that's that level of dedication and, you know, um, burn the boats. This is what, this is the way we're riding, right. Mm -hmm. Is in my mind necessary for, uh, something as big as a software company now for something that's maybe less innovative, but more service oriented. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. I haven't done the service oriented stuff. That's why, mm -hmm. uh, that's why it doesn't quite apply to that. I really love the visual of the wave that that makes a lot of sense. And I think to to add to what you're saying and add my own thoughts, you know, if you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so you can't say yes to everything because then you're just not going to prov um, provide a quality fill in the blank X, Y, Z. And so it is important to be able to say, and it's not even necessarily no forever, but not right now and really decide and prioritize and put your all into with the particular wave that you're trying to ride. So I, yeah. I really love that. Yeah. And, and I, I do believe in saying yes to everything until you realize what you need to say no to. Uh huh. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you say no to the, to things that you, you don't fully understand yet, you're, you might be missing out on, on the opportunity for your personal growth to skyrocket. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a big fan of doing everything you can and then, and then narrowing your, your vision or scope or direction or what you'll say yes to with once you have experience. So let me back up. So as a child, I didn't really have a lot of experiences. I stayed inside when my parents weren't home to be safe, mm -hmm. right? And Utah is not that way, right? Utah is, I mean, we're... I'm still a little bit that way with my kids, but I didn't have a lot of life experiences until I became a professional. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot, maybe, maybe that is, is skewing my perception of saying yes to everything. Mm 
but yeah, well, and I'll, I'll even, um, you know, refine what I said about that, especially after listening to what you you've said is I think it's okay to say yes, as far as, you know, entertaining an idea, never just being close-minded and saying no, but yeah. once you have considered, you know, I guess you can say yes equals consider, then you need to be able to say, okay, we're going to move forward with this, but we need to let this go so that we can go forward with the other thing or things. Absolutely. So, yep. Yep. Um, Bryce, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We have 60 seconds left. So I want to use that time to be able to give back to you, to let our listeners know how can they connect with you? Oh, sure. Uh, you can connect with me um, at bolsteru.com. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, our social media accounts get at get bolsteru um, and, and others. I'm not thinking of the others, but you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter slash X, Pinterest, what else? Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, Bryce Miller. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to connect with people and help them understand their, their social media strategy, their digital marketing strategy. And just, I try to educate people. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of uh, opportunities to misunderstand marketing. So I like to help people understand it. Well, thank you. Really appreciate your time. I want to sign off. This is Jen McAllister, the host of Just Figure It Out. Until next time, friends.